Father, we declare that we are sinners. Sinners saved by the grace of God. And my Father and my God, it is my prayer tonight that there will be a soul that will be one to you. Lord Jesus Christ, we cry before you for all the crowns that have been burdens on our lives. It is our prayer, Lord, that we lay them down before you. And that, Lord, you'll wash us, you'll sanctify us. You'll deal with those issues that have stopped us from being in your presence. That, Lord, there will be transformation in our hearts. We give you praise, our God and our Father, for in the name of Jesus Christ we have prayed. Amen. Thank you so much, the worship team. Let's thank them. Praise the Lord. We welcome each one of you to this Ash Wednesday service, and we want to thank the Lord that we are all here, and we praise the Lord that we are in his presence to begin this very, very important season together. And we know that we have joined very many out there across the world who have gathered together uh, to worship the Lord. But I want you to ask yourself a question, why am I here? What prompted me to come today? It's a question that we need to ask ourselves. It's a question that is between you and God. It is a question that you need to search and to think about even as you go through these 40 days of the Lent season. Think about Moses taking 40 days on the mountain. Think about Jesus taking 40 days in the wilderness. Think about Esther asking that the, his, his maids and the rest of the Jewish community get into a season of prayer and fasting for three days without water, without anything. What was the aim and what was the result? As you read the scripture, you realize that at every important occasion, at every scenario, there was a time of prayer and fasting. People called a fast, and it was a serious fast. It was not a trial. It was a serious fast. And people came together to be able to discover themselves and come back in the presence of the Lord. And they prayed that God will have mercy on them and change the situation. We are looking at raising a repentant generation, and that is our topic for today, raising a repentant generation. And repentance, friends, is the core, core value. When we talk about Lent, you are talking about repentance. Without repentance, Lent is empty. Without repentance, fasting is empty. Without repentance, prayer is empty. Without falling at the feet of the Lord and laying our crowns before the Lord, our fasting is empty. Fasting is not a right. It's not something that you go, it's not like a rite of passage that we have to go through the rite of fasting and we have to walk through it. It's not about thinking when will the 40 days end. It is a spiritual discipline that we need to go through together as a community of believers. When you look at Joel, beginning right from chapter 1, you realize that it was a great calamity. 
And Joel begins, the, the, the Joel chapter 1 verse 2 says, Hear this, you elders, give ear all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. He's like calling upon everybody to wake up, to arise. Has such a thing ever happened? Are you just going to pay attention? Are you just going to be silent? And he begins by calling on the elders. The elders need to arise. The elders need to pay attention. The elders need to wake up because it is not just something that is easy. But they need to wake up. Friends, it was a terrible calamity which everyone needed to know. It needed to be told across generations. It needed to be handled in no other way except through prayer and fasting. Friends, fasting is a requirement. When you look at Jesus being God, he never, it was not necessary for him to have gone for 40 days. But he's going for 40 days in the wilderness. It is for me and for you. It is for us to know that if the Son of God, if God has demonstrated this, who am I? That I can eat from Monday to Sunday. And I don't care. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to seek God. I don't care. Let other people do it for me. I'll be mentioning later, why does he summon the leaders, the elders, he did it for us. And therefore, in this situation, it was dangerous, it was terrible. The locusts had taken away everything. Verse 4, what the cutting locusts left, the swarming locusts have eaten. What the swarming locusts left, the hooping locusts has eaten. You know, it was so much of a devastating situation that people could not behold. It was so tough for them. And therefore, it was not something to be handled by a few people. It was, had to be a call to repentance for everyone. And verse 13, he says, Put on sackcloth and lament, O priests, wail, O ministers of the altar. Go in, pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God. You know, he's not sparing anyone. You know, friends... Many times as leaders, we want to call others to do certain spiritual disciplines, but we don't do them. But this is not what, what uh, Joel is saying. He's saying, you priests, you elders, begin it. It's not about the other people. It's not about commanding. You know, we've been, you, you go to an office and the leader is saying, you know, I have my section of, uh, of spiritual people there. I have told them to fast and pray. Why do you tell them what are you doing? What is the essence of you being a leader in that office? Actually, the best thing that those people can do is to pray you out of that office. And God listens. Praise the Lord. God listens. You keep telling them to pray and fast. They are actually exiting you because you're not fit to be a leader. 
a leader who does not join the people to wail to pray when a situation, when calamity has come, then they are not fit to be leaders. And so Joel is telling people, you know, this is a command, arise, put on sackcloth, lament, wail, you priests, you elders, wake up. It's not a time for us to slumber. You know, friends, children of God, as you look around us, it's not a time for slumber. It's not a time for slumber. We have just gone through our COVID-19. We are still going through it. As I look at the faces, I can't tell who you are because you are masked. We are in a calamity that cannot allow us to slumber. We have to be awake. Before you know it, there is a war that is breaking up somewhere. And some of us are saying that is Russia and Ukraine. And we are in slumber. Didn't we say that was Italy and the UK? That were those are the whites who are sinners. How long did it take to reach here and it killed us? We need to rise up. We need to call on the name of the Lord because the season has calamity. Today in the afternoon, I was sharing um, a lengthy message on Namirembe FM. And as people were calling in, one lady called in and she was crying. She said, you have told us to cry out because of calamity. But for me, I have cried out and my cries for younger ladies who walk naked. And every time I walk out, they are there on the road moving around. What am I going to do? That's a calamity. He said, she, she was saying, you know, we will continue to cry out. We want people to realize that there is shame. And she was really speaking loud on radio. And so for her, that is her prayer. And she said for me during this Lent, that is going to be my prayer. I will continue to cry out for the younger ladies. Younger ladies, you're here listening. Someone is crying out for you. And if you do not change, calamity. We want to pray that God will speak to us. That the calamity that we are seeing around us is not only war, it's not only, not only the locusts, but there are so many things that make the heart of God to cry. And so God was commanding the children of Israel, put on sackcloth, put on sackcloth, lament, wail, blow the trumpet. As you read verse 12, verse 12 in chapter 2, where our reading was, verse 12 in chapter 2, he says, yet even now declares the Lord return to me with all your heart, with the fasting, with the weeping, and with the mourning. Return to me because there is nothing you're going to do. Stop blaming one another. Stop hurting one another. You know, he's saying return to me. When there is a calamity, what do we do? Many times you turn around and say, but it is you who caused it. It's the other person who caused it. It is this one. We blame one another. You know, friends, when we look at what is happening in Uganda sometimes, you want to blame so-and-so. But I want to assure us that Uganda is not the sinner. Ugandans are sinners. And you and me are part of the Ugandans. So as you say Uganda, Uganda, 
I want you to cry for yourself today. A group of us come together and cause scandals in Uganda and cause sin in Uganda and cause lament in Uganda. Someone is wailing because of a Ugandan and we are the Ugandans. And so during this Lent season, we want to cry out for fellow Ugandans who are a source of calamity in this nation. And friends, you can't shy away from it. That we are not a source of calamity. That we are not a source of danger. What we see every day is about us as Ugandans. And may God give us the grace. That we as Ugandans will lay our crowns at the feet of the cross. That we will turn to the Lord and say, yes Lord we are here. And so this is what it's saying. It's saying yet even now, right now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Return to me with all your heart. Throw away your pride. Throw away your anger. Everything about you. And come in my presence. Friends, fasting comes when there is a sense of desperacy. When you are desperate. And you are saying, I'm so desperate that I cannot eat food. I am so desperate. Look at Esther. Esther is in this palace. Everything is there. Everything is there. But you know the situation comes and Mordecai tells her that if you don't do it, help is going to come from somewhere else. The situation was desperate. Yes, I am the queen. But am I going to look on when the Jews are dying? No. And he tells them, go fast for three days as I also fast. No eating, no drinking. It is desperate that God has to answer this. Friends, when we come to God in brokenness and repentance, for sure God will act. Haman, who was supposed to kill all the Jews, is the one who was hanged on the same gallows. Friends, your enemy will take your place. But we need to come before the Lord. We need to show God that we are desperate. It is, we are angry. We have to be angry with the sin, friends. We have to be angry with the sin. But if we are going to pamper sin, how, how is God going to answer our drama and gymnastics? You know, we can jump around and say we are praying, we are fasting. You can come to this cathedral and walk around and jump around. But this is gymnastic. You are not repenting. And how do you expect God to honor that you are walking around? No. Friends, there has to be brokenness and repentance. And this is what we see in Esther. And everything just crumbles down. And that is why the writer is saying, return to me with all your heart. It's not partial. It is all your heart. All your heart. Nothing left behind. Come to me wholeheartedly. Pour out your heart to me fully with the fasting, weeping, and mourning. Friends, fasting is a voluntary reduction or elimination of taking any food for a particular period of time for a specific purpose. And so he's saying, come to me with fasting, with mourning, and weeping, those three go together. 
You know, some of us cry for nothing. <laughs> you cry for nothing. But we need to cry when we are surrendering. I know some people who come and they are crying and you tell them this is the reason of your problem and they wipe out your tears and walk away. Walk away with your problem. You will come back again and cry until you come to the reality and say, you know what? I am a sinner. I need forgiveness. Friends, there is no shortcut with God. You must repent. It's not something you plead with someone and say, eh, kindly repent. No, you must repent. That is it. If we can't repent, no, we are not going to bribe God. We are not going to blackmail God. God is not interested in what you have. God is interested in who you are. God is interested in our hearts. And therefore, you are not going to say, when I got saved, I actually repented. Are you a righteous person now? We need the grace of God. And so he said, return it to me. Return to me. Fasting and moping is about focusing on God. It's about reading the word. It's about prayer. It's about worship in the spirit and the truth. In fasting, friends, we come closer to God. We come closer to God. In fasting, we hear that voice of God. You know, in Acts chapter 13 from verse 3, the, the disciples were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Set them aside for me. You know, many times... <laughs> Why we have had very wrong leaders every time we choose leaders, they are wrong. You get that. It's just because we don't go before the Lord. We don't go before the Lord. Something happened, you could have witnessed it, which, which, which I was really impressed about. Um, in one of the churches, they were going to elect leaders. And then some of the leaders went and gathered everybody, including Muslims, to come and vote for them. I want to request the leaders, if you know that you gathered all the junker to come and vote for you, just go back and resign because disaster will come to you. You know, friends, this person gathered everyone. And as they were entering the church, they had two cards. One was red and the other was pink. And they had pictures of the clergy, the, the clergy in that parish and then the clergy in the neighboring parish. And so that's what they were asked, who is your clergy? And if you didn't know you were clergy, you were given a red card. If you knew you were clergy, you were given a pink card. And they entered, they worshipped. After the service, they asked those who had red cards to stand. And they stood and they told them, thank you so much for worshipping with us. You are not going to elect and they left. Believe me, you know the results now. Yes, you know, friends, we shouldn't get positions out of wickedness. We should get positions because God has appointed us. Yeah, you cannot gather everybody because you want to win a vote. And more so in the church. May God have mercy on us. May God have mercy on us.
that friends, we cannot live such a life. The disciples fasted and prayed and God himself said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. It was not by mistake. It was God. The widow, Anna, in Luke chapter 2, verse 37. The widow worshipped day and night, praying and fasting. Seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord, waiting for the revelation of the Messiah. Until this lady saw Christ, 84, 84 years old, worshipping the Lord. You know, friends, I want to pray that we will encourage our mothers and our fathers, our grandfathers, that they are left with nothing except to worship the Lord. Some of them are so much involved in unnecessary chaos. They fight with the grandchildren, they fight with everybody. As we are aging and we are also aging, I want to encourage all of us, we are aging. Let us age gracefully, worshipping the Lord and celebrating the goodness of the Lord. Yes, if your mother-in-law was a thorn in your flesh, don't wait to be a thorn in your flesh or the flesh of your daughter-in-law. Age gracefully. Yes, and may God give us the grace. This lady was praying and fasting day and night. That was his work. In fasting, friends, you demonstrate a real desire for God. You demonstrate, verse 14, as, as you read, I mean, verse, uh, verse 12, Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with the fasting, with the mourning, with the weeping, and rend your hearts. Friends, in fasting, it's about the inside and not the outside. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Rend your hearts and not your garments. And friends, when you rent your hearts in fasting, you release the supernatural power into your life. It is a tool that you can use to oppose God's Satan's will against God's will. You know, when you are in the presence of the Lord, you are praying and you're fasting and you have rendered your heart before the Lord, friends, you release the supernatural power. You find yourself in a different world. You find yourself not struggling with very cheap issues. Eh? <laughs> it, it is a tool that we can use when there is opposition against God's will. You know, many times you are in an office and every time you open your drawer, you find someone has put their bones of fish. <laughs> and, and you know, you were Christian. And instead of, instead of applying the supernatural, you are crying in the office. Someone put bones in my drawer. What is wrong with the fish bones? <laughs> Get into prayer and worship the Lord. And declare the presence of the Lord. The enemy will disappear without you. You will see someone resigning in that office. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a free medicine for the people that you want to resign. And you are not resigning them because you want them to go. You are resigning them because they are not supposed to be there. 
and God knows it. And so you are telling God, you know, I do not want this person because you know they are not in the presence of the Lord. Bring them before the Lord in prayer. The supernatural will come down and the evil will disappear. Someone from nowhere will come with their resignation letter. The worker will become easier for you if you are a boss because you don't have to struggle with the chasing. The Lord sweeps the office and gives you the power to reign. Hallelujah. Fasting releases the supernatural. As, you, as you, you, you read this scripture, you know, there is something that the Lord speaks into your life. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to your God for his gracious and merciful. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He comes closer to you every time you open your heart and say, Yes, Lord, I am here in your presence. The Lord is able to handle the things that you cannot handle in your own power. The Lord is able to break the chains. Remember what Ezra, Ezra was struggling. Ezra was struggling because he wanted an army. He wanted soldiers to go along with him in Ezra 8 verse 22. You know what he says? He says, For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way since we had told the king. The hand of God, our God is um, good on all who seek him and the power of his wrath against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our hearts, implored our God for this. And he listened. Praise the Lord. We implored the Lord and the Lord listened. Friends, repentance brings brokenness of heart. When we fast, we hear God. When we fast, the hidden sins are revealed. When we fast, our intimacy with God is strengthened. We learn to pray with the right motives and our faith is established. We learn to pray with clear motives. You know, friends, as I said, someone can go to the office and begin shouting, Hi, declare so-and-so out. That's not a right motive. Hallelujah. It's not a right motive. They will not go. You are straining yourself for nothing. The right motive is going before the Lord. You know, the Lord, him alone, knows what is wrong and what is right. That is the right motive. It's not you to know. It is God to know what is right and what is wrong. Pray with the right motive. When we pray with the right motive, we are not as selfish friends. Many times we do not get because we do not know how to pray. The motive, what is your motive in prayer? But it's when we get into prayer and fasting that the Lord is able to shape our motives. Why? Because the hidden sin is revealed. The hidden sin is revealed. And when the hidden sin is revealed and repented, then the motive changes. So friends, weeping and mourning comes when we discover ourselves and how sinful we are. We don't just cry and remain in the same position. We run away from sin. We feel ashamed that we have failed God, our creator. 
and that causes us to cry. And I pray this afternoon, friends, as you sit here, even those that are worshipping with us online, that your sin, what is in your heart, should cause you to weep, to mourn, and to cry. Friends, nothing is going to change us except when we recognize that we are sinners that need the grace of God. Fasting. We commit to renounce the natural and evoke the spiritual. We renounce that which is, uh, you know, even when you are saying that I'm going to spare, this time I am not going to eat. I just want to be in the presence of the Lord. You are saying, God, I am going to beat this body so that I can be in the presence of the Lord. And you know, friends, when you come in the presence of God, many things change. Your motives change, <laughs> you know. You deny the flesh and feed the spirit. You replace your daily activities with new disciplines. In this season, you are going to have to replace your daily activities. For example, your lunch hour has to be substituted with something else. The lunch hour that you have been spending at leisure, it has to be spent in the presence of the Lord, and that is a sacrifice. Your weekends have to change the routine. The world has opened and the beaches have opened. Your weekends have to run away from the beach unless if it is for spiritual matters. Things have to change. Where do you spend your weekends? Parties have to be narrowed down. We fall down and lay our crowns. Yes, the pizzas have to rest a little bit. Let the owners cry and say, now our pizzas are not moving during lunchtime. It is because you are in the presence of the Lord. You are beating the flesh so that the spiritual can be elevated. Hallelujah. Let's beat the flesh. Daniel, when you read chapter 9, which I want to interest us to read, Daniel was a young man with energy, with a big position. But when it came to a terrible situation that the children of Israel were overstaying in exile, he turned to the Lord. In verse 3 of chapter 9, So I turned to God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Listen to verse 21. While I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision in the, um, in, of the, uh, the fast, came to me in a swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand speaking, speaking with me and saying, Oh, Daniel, I have come out to give you insight and understanding. What was he doing? He was in the presence of the Lord. He was not at the beach swimming. No. You know, friends, we take too long to hear the Lord because we spend our time in useless places that do not benefit. I'm not saying you should not have leisure, but you can have leisure being conscious or being in the presence of God. Not every leisure, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that everything is good, but not everything is beneficial. There are things that are not beneficial for you as a child of God. Where you find yourself, you must be particular. 
Should I be found in this place or I shouldn't be found in this place? You have to be particular. This is the Lent season. This is a time, friends, when we have to lay our crowns and say, God, I have been so much interested in this thing, but I am very sure it's not a kingdom matter. I need God. And I want to assure you, God will come your way. Fasting is a call to return to the Lord, as we see in, chapter, in verse 13 of chapter 2. It is about the inside, not the outside show off. Friends, fasting is not about me looking so gloomy. Read Matthew chapter 6, the gospel reading that was read to us. It's not about putting on a show for others to know that really this girl fasts a lot. It's about the inside. What is God seeing in you? I am not seeing it, but there is God who searches the heart. He says that even before the word comes on your lips, the Lord already knows. He is God. Search me, Lord, and know my inner thoughts. It should be a prayer that we need to make. Fasting, friends, is a response to a broken heart. When you choose to go into a fast, that means you are willing to have your heart broken before the Lord. And friends, I want to tell us this, that your time of 40 days is not going to be beneficial if you choose not to depart from sin. If you choose to remain in that sin, I want to, remember to tell you that your fasting is as empty Choose to do whatever you want to do. Don't even waste your time to fast. If you are not willing to change. We are raising a generation probably of younger people who understand repentance. You know friends, we have failed as younger people simply because we cannot get broken. We are always seeking for our rights. No. Yes, they are rights that we want to seek for, but seek for them in the right way while you're obedient to the Lord who created you. And we want to pray that God will give us the grace. We need to seek God. We need to have our hearts broken. The sacrifice of the Lord is a broken and contrite heart, and he will not despise Friends, fasting is a humble response to immense responsibility. Verses 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, the nursing infants, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. That is serious. I want to call upon us, friends, as I conclude. That we can no longer afford to be rebellious. We are in a rebellious generation which needs quick answers without repentance. We cannot get that. We need to go the long way that we need to go before the Lord. It does not matter who you are. What we see in verses 15 through 16 is a reminder that each one of us has sinned. And we all need the grace of God. Let us pray. I just want you to once again 
realize that you are in the presence of a holy God. I do not know what the Lord has spoken into your life. Just lay it before the Lord. Lay it before the Lord. Do not hold it anymore. It is enough. Do not hold it anymore. And if you choose to say today, I want to give my life to Jesus as my Lord and Savior, choose to do that without holding yourself back. Because there is no way you are going to walk this journey in a rebellious manner without giving away your life to Jesus. just want you to surrender to the Lord. And if you feel the Lord is, is just putting, laying it on your heart that you need to give away yourself as to him as Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to raise your hand where you are and say yes to Jesus. As we keep our eyes closed, if you choose to respond and say yes to Jesus, just put your hand up wherever you are. Just put your hand up and say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. The Lord has spoken to your heart. You've been living in rebellion. But today you want to choose to say yes to the Lord. You want to choose Jesus. Maybe you were saved some time back and you have back a slidden. This Lent season is a call on your heart to say yes to the Lord again. Maybe you have not been in repentance and you are saying yes to the Lord. You are just turning your heart to say yes to the Lord. Thank you, my sister. If there is anyone else, you are saying yes to the Lord. Don't look at your neighbor. This is the business between you and God. This is a heavenly business. You want to surrender your life to Christ. And you are saying yes to the Lord. Just raise up your hand where you are and say yes to the Lord. Say yes, Lord. I am a sinner. I need you. I need you to come into my life. I need you to change my heart. I have strayed for a long time. But I need Jesus. Jesus.